Hey, welcome to the Rookie Preacher Podcast. We are your hosts, Brandon Kelly. And Joe Hoagland. And our goal is to help you preach and lead better. Welcome to episode 12 of the Rookie Preacher Podcast. We're excited. This has been a great journey, and we're so glad that you have joined us on it. Today, we are going to have a leadership discussion on three ways to build a great team because if you are leading in the church to me one of the biggest things you're going to have to do in order to be effective and in order to uh, take your church to the next level is to build great teams and we've got three ways uh, in which you can do that and some practical tips on how to go about doing each one of those and so i'm excited to get to just jump in Um, I've uh, just experienced this with our outreach team at the crossing and uh, I am actually walking them through this process and uh, looking for ways that we can best utilize them. I can't remember who it was, but some leadership author talked about getting the right people in the right seats on the bus. Because first of all, you need to get the right people on the bus. And then this is just the imagery get the right people on the bus and then get them in the right seat. And when you do that, uh, everything works pretty well. Actually, it works as well as it could when you get the right people in the right seats on the bus. So Joe, what is number one as far as ways to build a great team? Yeah. First, uh, identify personality types. And this is important because, you know, as you're looking at your team and and where to plug people in or where to sit, people on the bus, as Brandon was talking about, you know, you you look at that and you see, okay, someone might be doing this, but that doesn't really fit their personality. And, uh, you know, someone might be, someone might be more of a behind the scenes type, you know, they want to do stuff and maybe not even get recognition for it or, or whatever. And maybe you, or maybe they're in an upfront role or something like that. And it's just draining them. You know, if you're, if someone, if their main, their main, uh, what they're doing is counter to it with a personality type, you know, that's going to drain them instead of, you know, give them energy and give them this uh, place where they feel, you know, really effective and, and really plugged in. Uh, so, so it's really important to find a personality type to identify personality type in your people. And Brandon, you know, you were talking to me about these certain terms in this, uh, you know, in, in a, you know, in the certain tests that you were talking about. So um, how about you go into more of that and these specifics? Yeah. So I recommend, this is a ba- basic one. So you may be familiar with uh, various different personality types, maybe like the disc profile, which is really in depth. Um, and there are some other ones that are just really in depth and, and they're really good, but I don't know that you need to start there. Um, I recommend one called Wired That Way, and we'll link to this in the show notes. Um, we've got some resources for you, uh, especially for this week. Hey, is that a yeah? Is Wired is that a um, paid resource or? Um, I believe yes. I believe you got to pay for it. Okay. Um, yeah. So I've got a copy of it, but I won't. I won't do that. I won't post the copy. <laughs> Uh, but you can actually find the wired that way. Um, they've got worksheets and 
I believe they got some other resources, but I know them from uh, just their test. And yeah, they believe, I believe they have a book as well. And uh, I think their books are in like family Christian bookstores, but uh, I'll link to their website and you can find where they are, but it's called wired that way. And really it breaks personality types into four different categories. And they're, these are just helpful. Like these are really foundational things. Um, You're not going to get real nuanced um, stuff. Maybe you will a little bit in the way that they break down, but let me just go into each one of these and you can kind of see yourself or see others in them. Uh, The first one is powerful choleric. And these are just the terms that they, that are pretty widely held personality type terms, but the powerful cleric is going to be your bold leader type. They're going to be the person who can take a project or take a team and lead them in some, in some way. Um, They are best at motivating people to action, controlling the plans and productivity, giving quick and clear instructions, making sure the group sees the immediate gain. Um, they, they, their, their presentation style is authoritative and convincing. Um, and that's where my, um, the majority of my, uh, personality test numbers go. So I'm, that's where I'm at as powerful cleric and the, and the color that wired that way uses for this personality is red. And then the next one is popular sanguine. And this is going to be the person who, you know, they're, they're at a party. They're going to be the center of attention. They're very outgoing. Um, and this is the, um, the personality type of my lead pastor at the crossing, Kenny. Um, their place in the team is going to be the creative person. They are best at making initial contact with people. They are good at creating enthusiasm and excitement. They're encouraging and uplifting, and they definitely ensure that the group has fun. Their presentation style is humorous with a light touch. Um, So that's what popular sanguine is. And the next uh, one is perfect melancholy. And I'm just just walking through these so that you kind of have an understanding of what they are uh, on a basic level. Perfect melancholy is going to be the detailed person. Right, they are best at planning and explaining the details, keeping the financial records straight, being sensitive to the needs of others, making sure the group sees the long range goal. Uh, their presentation style is accurate and sincere, and uh, their, their color and wired that way is blue. Popular sanguines are yellow, and then the last category that they break down is peaceful phlegmatic. And you can just imagine just from the name. This is the, going to be the support person for the team. They make sure the group is relaxed and comfortable. They always find middle ground. They stay calm and functional amidst chaos, and they don't overact to a negative situation. And their presentation, presentation style is believable. So every, every personality has their own strengths and their own weaknesses, and Wired That Way really does a good job of breaking those down on, on just like a high level of – just of basic understanding of what a person is going to, how they're going to think and what their, their tendencies are. So I took our, uh, we call it the go team, our community outreach team, our leaders through this test. And, and once you get familiar with this or any other test, um, you may not be able to do this with disc, um, or something in depth like that, but I could tell 
what each person, their personality, for the most part, what each person's personality type was before they even took it, took the test. So if you get real familiar with these, with these distinctions, you can kind of know um, their, their personality type. And it's really yeah. helpful because I can know that I'm not going to ask our peaceful phlegmatic person to lead a ministry team within the outreach team. I'm not going to do that because they're not going to be in their gifting. They're not going to be in their wheelhouse. They're going to be the person who's going to say, Hey, how can I help? And that's awesome. Cause you absolutely need those people on your team. So my goal with any team I create is to make sure all four uh, segments of the square. So it's like four quadrants, all four of those are covered on a team. So, um, this is this is huge because you want to have a well-balanced team. So if you're um, if you are the perfect melancholy, very organized, you really need the the center of attention person who's going to be very outgoing and um, is creative with uh, with new ideas and stuff. You really need that person, and the same is true for the you know, the powerful cleric who's going to be the bold leader, they need that peaceful phlegmatic person to kind of uh, calm you down because <laughs> uh, right. those type A personalities um, can be a little overbearing sometimes. And so uh, just knowing who your team is, um, what their gifts are, what their personality types are, that's huge. Yeah. So that's the first one, personality type. Yeah. Um, so knowing you know, even if you don't maybe go into a test right away or something like that for your team, you know, you know, I would say take the time and, and study the, the people, especially if you're, say you're forming a team right now or you're going to form a team, you know, do your best to, to separate them out and say, what, what is their personality? Maybe you don't have you know, these defined terms or a certain test, but know that you shouldn't put, you know, the, someone who loves attention, loves to be the, the center of attention and you know and that and that's a that's a good thing but don't put them you know behind the scenes somewhere where they're they're going to feel you know out of place maybe not effective and not and not using you know the best of their their personality so you know even if you're not using say this test that brandon's brought up or these certain terms i would say definitely be aware of personality when you're when you're getting people to buy in teams when you're forming teams and when you're trying to do something important you know with people definitely know uh the differences in personality and the nuances in personality. Absolutely. And I would also say um, just at the outset, I should have, we should have began with this uh, begun. We should have begun with this. Yeah. I think that's the right word. Um, we should have started with this. This is easier. Um, the fact that too many times in the church world, when we're building leadership teams, we take anyone who signs up. Yeah, we are willing to take you on if you're breathing mm-hmm. a little bit. And to me, when we're building teams, uh, this is a this is a thing where you don't just announce. I I, I don't know what what teams you're thinking of, right? Because you're thinking of you know your own context in the teams in which you already have or the teams you want to create. So instead of just making an announcement on Sunday morning. Do the, do the hard work and think of the people in your church who would be a good fit. Because these are three ways to build a great team. Um, but really the, the start with that is, is asking the question, 
hey, would you be interested in this? And don't just ask the people who like you. You need people on your team who are going to challenge you as well. Um, but make sure that you're intentional with who you invite to be on a team and have these personality type things in your mind, just these distinctions. Cause like what Joe's saying, you don't have to go through the, the test to really take, uh, take a hold of these, but, um, you can have these things in mind to when you're, you're recruiting to, to have a team. Um, so that, that's just what I would say, you know, we need to build great teams in the church. And that's not, I'm not saying that, you know, certain people aren't, uh, fit for great teams. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that we need to be intentional with the uh, types of people we invite onto a team. You don't want a whole team of like nine leader types. It just right. won't work. You don't need nine uh, center of attention people because you won't you won't get anything done but have fun. You don't need you know nine very organized people. It just it doesn't work. It's gonna be it's gonna be dull and boring, or or this is gonna be the worst. Nine go with the flow people. You'll never <laughs> decide on on a on a on anything. Just everyone's gonna be okay with whatever everyone else is okay with, but everyone's right. okay with what everyone else is okay with. You need someone who's gonna be the decision maker, right? So we should keep these things in mind when we're thinking about building great teams, um, because a we are so bad at this in the church world. We will take anyone who is breathing, whether or not they're a good fit for that team or not. And then what happens is people get discouraged and they burn out. And then we wonder why we can't get more people to serve. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, that's definitely true. And, you know, if you're in a, you know, if you're like me and you're in a, really small church, you know, there's definitely a temptation just to take anyone because, uh, you know, a good sized team is a, a big portion of my church anyways. Right. But, you know, as Brandon was saying, you know, that's, that's, it's important to, to still be aware of that, you know, that, Hey, if you're forming, if you're in a really small church and you're forming a team, you know, uh, be aware that, uh, you don't have to make it a huge team and also be aware that, you know, don't take on, you know, four of the same types of people or, you know, four, because that's, that's not, it's not going to go anywhere. It's not going to do well. So, you know, definitely be, yeah, you definitely have to be really intentional about this, you know, in, in a smaller context, but I still think it can be done uh, to, to an extent. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you don't want a huge team on really any leadership team. Um, you know, it could just be you and two other people. You know, a quarter three strands won't be broken. You know, the Bible says that. So uh, that may be a good starting spot, you know, for any, any yep. team to have three, uh, to have three people, you and two others. Um, so that's number one, personality type. And then my little soapbox to, <laughs> to add on as a caveat. Uh, number two, Joe, is spiritual gifts. Um, depending on where our listener is, uh, coming from as far as their background, spiritual gifts may mean different things or they may freak out about spiritual gifts or <laughs> they may be really super excited about spiritual gifts. Um, you know, first Corinthians 12 talks about a lot of them. Um, but what are we talking about when we're talking about spiritual gifts and how can someone find out what theirs are? 
Oh yeah. Spiritual gifts, you know, your gift from, from God really, I mean, to, to, to advance the kingdom here on earth. Uh, you know, some people are good caregivers. Some people are good teachers. Uh, some people are prophets, you know, the, the list goes on and, you know, um, so, you know, finding that in people, making them aware of what theirs is, you know, that's, that's important because if usually, I mean, I'm not going to say hundred percent because sometimes, you know, people are a little weird with their gift, I guess. Um, but usually if you're empowering people to use their spiritual gift, that's going to really ignite them, you know, on fire for, for the kingdom, uh, for, for Jesus. And so if you're able to tap into that, you know, that's going to be really good for the church, for the kingdom of God. And when you're, when you're forming a team around that, you know, say you're forming a, uh, 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 you know, a, a team that can help people in the community or something, you know, find those people who are gifted in, in care and, you know, love uh, and things like that. Um, and then put those people and give them the opportunity to go do that and put their spiritual gift into practice. And uh, Brandon, he'd mentioned a specific website that's good for, you know, baseline and finding some of the stuff. Uh, earlier. Yeah, we're going to link to these in the show notes. Uh, you can really just do a Google search and find various websites that have online tests. But uh, this first one, it was very straightforward, spiritualgiftstest.com. And uh, we'll have two links in the show notes to this website. One is a definition and description of each of the spiritual gifts that they outline in their tests. And then also you know, a link to where the, the actual test is done and they'll uh, walk you through the test and they'll uh, give you the results. And um, I believe I've actually used these guys before and it was good. So most of them are going to be very similar. There are so many different ones, um, but yeah. just, just use you. Here's, here's what I would recommend. Um, use the same test for everyone you are having you know, find out their spiritual gifts. So if you have four deacons and you want to find out what their spiritual gifts are, then walk them through the same test. Don't have them all do, you know, four different spiritual gifts tests, have them do all the same, uh, the same one and, you know, find out what that is and then get a good spot where it has a description and definition of it. And then think of ways that they can be either better utilized um, or ways that they can enhance the thing that they're already doing a little bit more. So uh, that's spiritualgifts.test.com. You can find the link in the show notes to both the test part and to the uh, spiritual gifts description and definitions page that they have. And it's pretty detailed too, so it's good. And if you get really deep into this, you can, you know, you'll have all kinds of uh, the definitions as far as that goes you'll have so much uh, information to go off of that it's good. And so Mm -hmm. that to me is number two for building a great team. You want to, I love what you said about kind of igniting their passion or igniting the fire for the kingdom of God. Um, Because at least in my own life, I was never interested in teaching or speaking in front of people um, until I became a follower of Jesus and I felt the call uh, to go into ministry and it made sense to me and, and I, I was able to do it. 
you know, starting out wasn't very good, but um, there was still something about it when I got into it. Uh, when I step into that thing in which I'm gifted in and in which I'm called to, there's, there's this feeling of this is what I was made for kind of thing. And wouldn't it be great if our, our people uh, would be able to just experience what I'm sure a lot of pastors experience when they preach or do something, uh, do something different. Um, Wouldn't it be great to allow them or to help them empower them to have that uh, experience on a, on a daily basis. That'd be great. Yeah. You know, and I I would say with this, you know, you have to be able to um, delegate is the word uh, use, you know, if you have someone in your church who's good at teaching, but you're too scared to give up, you know, some teaching time or something like that, or you're too, uh, paranoid or you, I don't know, you know, there's reasons why, you know, guys preach 50 weeks out of the year, even in, you know, larger contexts where there are other options. And, and I, I don't think they're necessarily good reasons. Um, and so I would say, you know, with spiritual gifts, you know, don't be afraid to, you know, turn someone loose on their spiritual gift and say, Hey, go do it. And I also say, and Brandon, you might disagree with me on, on this and feel free to, um, but I would say a spiritual gift um, trumps a personality profile. And I mean, that might be a dicey comparison to make here, but if someone is passionate about um, people in a hospital, but they're a peaceful phlegmatic as, as that term, you know, I would say, Hey, Hey, let them try to um, maybe organize something with their spiritual gift. Even if it may be, be is against their personality profile and see where it goes. It might not work out, but it might work out because it's their spiritual gift in action. And, uh, so I would say, you know, I, I, it's funny that you mentioned that just to plug in real quick, uh, peaceful phlegmatic and and going to the hospital. That would be like the perfect personality type to send because like really calming and stuff. Uh, right. Yeah. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Uh, that absolutely. Cause if they're really gifted there, then, it's just going to be a different way of doing things. That's really all it is. Right. Yeah. Might, you know, it might not be, you know, say that you say, Hey, why don't you, you know, try to put this in action, maybe form the team uh, and stuff like that. And it might not be as efficient as say, if, if you were doing it or if, you know, a powerful cleric was doing it, but, but with, with that spiritual gift in the forefront, you know, it might end up actually ended end up being more um, effective in the long long run. And, you know, I don't, you know, again, I said it might be a dicey comparison. I do think, you know, the spiritual gift is, is really important when we're uh, looking at, you know, plugging people into the right spot on the team. Absolutely. For sure. Um, one thing that I w- I've been thinking about too is uh, as far as the way that we look at uh, roles in the church, um, as far as like, typically we, we categorize things, children's minister, student minister, or youth minister, um, you know, lead pastor, minister, preaching minister, whatever it is. Um, we have these like distinctions, these categorically defined job descriptions and job titles. What if instead of having a hard line on those things, um, what if we staffed, and this is more for, uh, churches of a little bit bigger size or of churches who are doing a really good job of lay leaders. 
with lay leaders. Um, what if we staffed our churches, not so much based on a job title, but based on the gifting of the individual who is taking on that responsibility. So like the children's minister doesn't have to be the one who, and this may be, this may rock someone's world. I don't know. Hopefully it doesn't. (laughs) Hopefully it's just already understood, but um, the children's minister doesn't necessarily have to be a good teacher they can be a good administrator and they can empower others who are good teachers to take on that role. So what that results in is not your regular idea of a children's minister who's going to be with the elementary kids or the new, the preschool kids or even in the nursery on a Sunday, uh, but they can be the person who has put people in place in those things. And uh, maybe they're, gifted in administration and then something else and they can use their gift uh, in, in other ways as well. Or um, to me, there's, there's this, we are being not, we're being bad stewards. If we only uh, give people like a job title responsibility and say, this is what you need to do mm-hmm. uh, specifically instead of, I, I love what uh, my lead pastor, Kenny uh, said, when uh, when we were interviewing back in 2012, he said, uh, I want you to know that I'm not hiring you to do everything. I'm hiring you to make sure everything gets done. And that's a huge distinction that I think so oftentimes is not made. And we need to be as intentional as we can to put people in places to say, hey, you may not be good at this. Just find someone who is. And, and then we'll utilize your gifts in other ways um, that are, are best with your gifts. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, and uh, you know, it's, and that's important. It, and it's something that, you know, we need to do and identify there. And, uh, you know, going along with that, as you were saying, you know, uh, it's not, you know, this is say, okay, here here's your roles. Now you have to do that. I would also say that just because someone is uh, put into a, a leadership position, whether that's staff or that's volunteer, you know, they're also not the only one who needs to do that. You know, we also need to find, you know, people to, to supplement them because, you know, no matter how good their gift is or no matter how, how much their personality meshes in, there's still going to be some things that need to be filled in the cracks, you know, and that's, and that's what the whole point of this episode is, you know, building a team, you know, it's not just about putting maybe, you know, one person somewhere and one person somewhere, but, you know, building a team that can come together and, and get this stuff done. I think that's, exactly. that's an important aspect. Yeah. We need to be replacing ourselves. And the idea with this episode is that we're replacing ourselves, not just with one person, but with a team of people who together can do much more. Right. Sorry. So number one was personality type, figure out what that is. Number two, spiritual gifts. And then number three, we identified uh, part of building a great team is to identify uh, these things and others, interests and passions or interests or passions, just kind of interchangeable uh, terms. Joe, what are we talking about here? I think this is uh, probably, probably people understand it, but what do we mean when we say that? Right. So you know, 
kind of a well a specific example that that Brandon gave when we were talking about this episode earlier uh, uh, was you know someone maybe they're passionate about women's ministry you know but they're actually right now plugged into children's ministry you know they might be doing a good job and they might be doing um, good work but you know you see their passion it really lies somewhere else um, so move them on the bus you know is that opening analogy that Brandon made because you know maybe the two ministries you know they're, they're in a place where the personality lines up where their spiritual gifts lines up and with teaching or something with a specific example but you know maybe they just need to teach a different group of people or something like that and i saw i saw specifically a guy i know he was hired on at a church to be a youth minister um and you know as they go along they realized hey hey you know his talents and his gifts and his passions actually fit our church better in the worship ministry capacity. So, you know, they made a mutual decision to move him over there. And it's been, it's worked wonders. I mean, their, their, their worship service, their creative team has gotten, you know, loads better. He's more energized. And it's something that, that just with a, a simple, you know, a simple switch of, you know, I don't know if you want to say department, you know, did that. And, you know, beyond the staff members, because that was a staff member example, but your, your volunteers, you know, your, your uh, church members as well, you know, again, they could be fitting all the, all checking all the boxes that, okay, they're good at this, their personality fits this, but maybe they're good, good at that and their personality fits that, but it just would be better in a different a- aspect of the church um, because, because the simple re- reason is they're passionate about something else uh, or more passionate about something else so that they're interested in something else. Um, you know, if you've got something, someone who's passionate about computers or technology in your church, you know, yeah, if you don't have a staff member, you know, put them in charge of your tech team and empower them to improve that, make it better um, and stuff like that. You know, that's just one specific example, but you know, if uh, going along, you know, so your spiritual, your passion is going to usually flow i would say as a christian from your spiritual gift you know i would say that's pretty standard there um and uh so in that case you know they're connected there it's not like someone at least in most cases it's not like someone's passion or interest is going to be like the other side of their spiritual gift <laughs> I think that'd be kind of weird you know what i'm saying but so yeah. um so yeah so if you're empowering people and their passions and their interests then that's kind of probably go along with your spiritual gift. It's probably going to go along with your personality. You know, I, I mean, I would watch that and say, you know, someone says, Hey, my passion is teaching, but they're, you know, they're not the, you know, the, the center of attention or the bold leader or, um, or, you know, either. I mean, I would say all, all those personalities can be a good teacher, or a good communicator, but, um, but I would say also that just because someone says something's their passion doesn't necessarily mean that they're gifted or good at it. Right. But I would say in most cases, in most cases, though, if you, you see a passion or interest burning in someone, I would say empower that and, and, and un- un- unleash it, like as we talked about earlier, because, uh, I mean, that's just something that can be utilized for the person, for the church in a, in a big way and leveraged in a big way. Absolutely. And then also, if there is someone who has a passion for something and, and you really you're trying to think of a different area that they could like be utilized in, they could use their gifts and their, their passions and, uh, and all of that. And maybe that there's, maybe there's not a spot in their, in the church to, to be able to utilize those things. I would say empower them to start whatever that thing is. 
whatever, if, if it, if it furthers your mission and vision of the church, then empower them to start whatever it is. But that's a big if, but uh, if it does, then help them start that. And one big caveat that I have is just as an underlying foundation, uh, Joe, you mentioned delegation and kind of what this whole episode is about. I would also say that, uh, and I wrote about this and we'll link to this article in the show notes, a better way to delegate that when we delegate, we're not just delegating tasks. We are delegating. We need to delegate if we're going to do it right. We're going to delegate responsibility and authority to others yeah. where if, if they're good at something and, and we're definitely not, or even if they're good at something and we're good at something, it's still going to be a good thing to get uh, to delegate in, in, in many cases responsibility and authority to someone else because you give them ownership. It's not they're you know, they're not doing this, uh, you know, for you or, um, or for the church, they're doing it for God and they are owning it and they're taking responsibility and authority and they're making decisions. And that's just the, the best way to get, uh, to get a lot of things done. And uh, I would say, that when you when you talked about your friend who did the who was a youth minister and then switched the the worship uh, minister, that is a sign of great leadership because they saw in him yeah. something uh, that hey he could be it would be better for the kingdom if he was doing this, and that's really what we're talking about when we talk about mm-hmm. building a great team. We're talking about how can we see. Or, or notice and empower others to be in the best place, the best position, the best um, in the best circumstance they could possibly be so that the kingdom of God can be furthered uh, more rapidly and uh, it can, it can just be furthered even farther. And that's what we're talking about here. This is so exciting to me, the, the idea of building great teams. And I just hope and pray that, you know, as you're listening to this episode that you're thinking about ways you could, you could build some teams in your church so that your mm-hmm. mission that God has given us is, can, can just be tapped into even more. Yeah. So, so just, uh, yeah, at the end of this, I just want to give, uh, the, the listeners out there, you know, if you're thinking, okay, I don't, you know, maybe this might be a long process making a team or plugging people in the right spot. You know what I would say right now is that if you if you want to put this principle into practice, you know tomorrow, um, go go and find two or three teenagers in your church, and they're going to be passionate, most likely, right now in their life, or interested in social media, and turn them loose and build a social media team uh, for your church. You know, say hey, you guys get you know um, give them guidelines and say this is what we want with the Facebook page, or you know, maybe if you're a little bigger. Twitter page or, you know, if you have that, that demographic and I would say, you know, turn those people loose and see, and see what happens, you know, and, and see, and you can see this in action that if you put people, you know, who are interested, gifted and have the right personality type for things, you know, how it can grow certain things in the church and in the kingdom of God. So I would say, you know, go, go make a, you know, it might, it's just a simple uh, thing you can put into practice. So making, you know, a social media team, but you can do that tomorrow and, and see where it goes goes and especially in some smaller older contexts like me you know i that that would be something that would make a huge difference 
you know, in the, the public view of our church. So, you know, just if you're, if you're looking, Hey, Hey, I want to put this into practice right now. You know, I would say that might be a good way to, to start this and maybe, uh, you know, start teaching yourself how to put this principle into practice. That's great stuff. Yeah, that's perfect. And I would also say, don't, don't constrict them too much in the social media realm, because remember, they're going to be the, the uh, experts, so to speak at it. So give them and tell them them that too. I mean, yeah, exactly. I mean, say, Hey, you know more about this than I do in in most cases. So, you know, go, you know, turn loose and and do it. And, and that's just not just with this example, but any of these examples, you know, I I hear some, a lot of leaders say, uh, I I mean, Perry Noble says this, you know, uh, I'm I'm glad and I never want to be the smartest person in the room. And even if you're the only staff member, you know, that's, that's going to be the case because you might be the smartest on certain things and that's good, but always find someone in these other areas who's smarter than you or who's better than you really at certain things because we can't do it all. And, uh, but with the help of a team, we can do what we pre, I mean, we pretty much can do, you know, it all as a team when we come together and we put our talents, our gifts and personalities to work. Absolutely. That's awesome. Don't be intimidated by talent. Use it and use it for the kingdom. So uh, thanks so much for joining us on episode 12 of the Rookie Preacher podcast. Uh, If you've enjoyed this, if it's been helpful, would you just do us a favor and go on to iTunes or Stitcher and leave a rating and a review? That would be so awesome of you to do that because that will help more pastors and church leaders uh, get this podcast in their ears. um, And hopefully it will help them preach and lead uh, better. So if you care about this and if you, uh, you know, have benefited from it, would you do that? Cause that would be, that'd be so awesome if you would do that. And then also you can subscribe on rookiepreacher.com. You can also find the show notes there. We give away 56 weeks of preaching and then two different Evernote templates. One will be uh, one that helps you put together a sermon series and one that helps you put together your week so that you can be as productive as you can possibly be and keep track of what you've got to get done. So uh, with that, we will talk to you soon. Thanks so much for joining us on the Rookie Preacher Podcast.